I just can't figure out if it's because you're advanced or because I'm stunted. You take the red pill. You stay in wonder. I am McLovin. You do not talk about Fight Club. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Glass A Film Club podcast. Yes, here we go, doing it again, diving into film deeply, as severely as we can, and digging up those themes, finding out what these films are all about. And of course, we're hitting awards season, and I'll keep banging on about that. We've had the Golden Globes, we've got the BAFTAs, and the Oscars coming up. And what we're trying to do, as we do every January, is dive into some of these big new releases, let you know what we think about them, because ours is the ultimate opinion. It doesn't care what the Oscars panel thinks, it's about what we think here on the Glass A Film Club podcast, as you'll find find out in a minute's time we have done that very much today with one of the latest big releases but you know how it goes by now it's not just me wittering on it's my good friend Callum down in London the HQ Glass A Film Club bringing us some liberal culture into the mix Callum how are you doing are you ready for another good episode always the HQ (laughs) honestly if we've got an address down there I feel like we need to milk it yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's like Manchester, London, Lango. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> we, we need to get um, all the, the, the mail can be forwarded to you. You can be the like, official P.O. box. I could, yeah, indeed. It would give me something else to do, wouldn't it? Like, yeah, you're opening fan mail. I'm sure you'll have loads pouring through your letterbox as soon as it's announced. Well, indeed, yeah, indeed. And now, now that the blog's up and running, like... Got well, that. I was going to open up with asking you about that. We told everyone on the last episode that you've uh, started a blog for the film club and um, the, the first one you put on there was four top films that we watched and reviewed last mm. year. Yeah. You put another one on since. Let everyone know what that's about. Yeah, um, After Sun, the movie After Sun. I it, honestly, it could be one of the the mo- the best movies I've watched just in this sort of year's cycle. I know it's only January, but I meant like the previous year as well. Um, it's just beautiful. It's such a good. It's such a good film. Um, so I felt compelled to sit in a North London coffee shop and and write that. Obviously. Love it. Um, Love it, and yeah. that's it. If if these audio reviews aren't quenching your thirst for film review enough, you're now getting it via the written words. So that is available on the Glass A Media website, glassamedia.com, or if you go on our link tree on Instagram, those two blogs are on there. Where you can dive straight into them. And I know Callum's chomping at the bit for more writing, so we'll keep those uploading as and when they are completed. But how's life been, Callum? You've been um. In and around London, watching films, reviewing films. You've got some more art being put on your body today. Tell us a bit I more do. about your cultural yeah. happenings. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I've been just, I've been, I've been a lot of, been a, a cultural little socialite as, as per. Discovered a really nice coffee place recently um, where they give you a card as to where the coffee's come from and who's roasted it and where it's from. Um, so I had this coffee, it was like, mandarin praline you know yellow cherry acidity from red red bourbon medium roast thing and i was just like I, i'm in for it i don't know what you just said it. to me i don't All know what you just it. said to me but i mean i'm in for that yeah so they give you like a card and talk about that and it was very nice it's like you smell the coffee before you drink it and it's it was all very very good um yeah i've just been having a good time having some uh having some art i put on my body today um 
new tattoo. Looking forward to that. That'll be fun. Maybe even uh, share that with the uh, the listeners on Instagram when when you're ready to put that out there. Yeah, we tease that. Uh, well, it's it's based on an art movement in Germany in the early in the early 21st century. So I'll just leave that there. Okay. I'll leave that there, and then people can put put whatever they want onto that. Um, so yeah. Um, Look forward to it. Look forward to it. Mm. Cool. Well, hey, we've got a big film to review this time. As I said, we're diving into new releases. We've got a lot coming out at the minute. And there's a big theme at the minute of some of the biggest films that are up for your awards, where they're actually about film and cinema and the history of film and cinema. And this is one of those big releases. In honour of that, we both went to watch it. Uh, a bit of edgy liberal cinema goings we all pushed the boat out and broke out of the multiplex watching experience but Callum can you tell us both what the film is and give us one of your wonderful overviews please so I went to see this at um, the Curzon um, in Soho on the 35mm wow just yeah indeed just like that that's proper let that settle just for a second Um, (laughs) take that in yeah yeah, just take 35mm have you all watched it um, exactly, yeah. Like, on your iPads. Yeah, <laughs> on your phone. Probably not even watched it at all, have you? <laughs> anyway, um, let's not alienate the listeners too much. <laughs> um, yeah, so when to see Empire of Light. Um, it's a romantic drama film written and directed by Sam Mendes and Roger Deakins, who I will mention a lot during this particular episode, did the cinematography for it. And it's based on a experience in a cinema in Margate, of all places. Um, Hilary Small, played by Olivia Colman, works as a manager at a cinema called Empire Cinema. Um, and she struggles with mental health. She's been dis- prescribed um, uh, lithium by her uh, GP, and she's kind of struggling to sort of find out where she fits in. Not not in terms of sociality, but just in kind of like trying to trying to sort of deal with her sort of past trauma, which as the film goes on, you're increasingly exposed to. Um, a new employee starts at the at the, at the cinema called Stephen. He's a um, a black British guy. His mum is a nurse. They came over to England in the fifties, I think, um, or at least she did. And it charts his experience of racism, particularly in the 1980s, set against the backdrop of sort of Thatcherism and the rise of the National Front and all that sort of stuff. And he wants to go to university to study architecture. So he's kind of working at this cinema um, as a sort of a stopgap before he goes on to do architecture at university, basically. Um, so it kind of charts the experience of these two individuals, both... Um, experiencing different types of trauma, but they're both kind of unaware of one another's trauma at the beginning, or they don't necessarily understand it. And then as the film goes on, they increasingly begin to understand one another's trauma, basically. Um, And the movie's really about sort of how do you understand someone else's suffering um, and what does that actually mean in the context of, you know, like politically what was happening in 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 the UK in the 1980s. But it's more about how film can act as a as a catalyst to speed up that process of understanding or to speed up that process of healing. So because it's set in a cinema, there's this running running theme through the whole of the film that film as a mechanism can help heal trauma and can help people come to terms with it and can help people maybe even forget it. Um, 
there's some great shots of this old cinema and that it's the 1930s, 1940s cinema, um, the building itself and it's decaying, but at the same time, it's the film captures that sort of like post-war cinema decay juxtaposed with sort of like a very sort of unforgiving welfare system in the 1980s. Um, it juxtaposes them two together, but also there's still light in this cinema. There's still a sense of progress and still a sense of, of hope. So it's like both dark and light. I'm getting all the metaphors and the, all the, all the stuff in here at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's about darkness and light and how those two things coalesce. That's Empire of Light, I would argue. Thank you very much. That's what I would Thank say. Thank you very much, mm. Callum. Yeah, absolutely. Lovely summary as always. My thoughts straight away were, of course, it, I think it's very clear to see from the off. And the phrase that I read in a review was Sam Mendes's love letter to cinema. That, you know, it's quite a well-used phrase, fill in the blank of what the love letter of the film is too. Um, but yeah, it's very clear from the off that this is self-indulgence to an extent in the way that it is saying, look how great cinema is, the history of cinema, how bad it is when cinema decays. We need we need film, we need cinema for all these reasons, and it's beautiful and everything surrounding it is, which is great. You know, like anyone who likes film wants to go and see that. Uh, Sam Mendes wants to put that out there. Fantastic. So all through, you know that that's going to be an element of it, and, and there is a lot of focus on the intricacies of cinema in particular. Yes, film, but cinema... And obviously it's set in this old time cinema. But what comes through as well is the visual element of it. So as you mentioned, Roger Deakins is the uh, DP on it. And in his true style, there's a lot of very nicely lit, very beautifully set shots. And the whole of the kind of visual of the film is using the beautiful aesthetic of this cinema to kind of show off how beautiful cinema and film is. I'd say that a lot of the shots feel quite formulaic and I'm not using that as a criticism. Some people might find that not as free-flowing for their style, but you've, you can see like the planning going into stuff. There's a lot of intricate shots within the the booth, the projector booth, where it's showing just like the mechanics of the projector up close and there's nice sound design on it. And it's all very like satisfying to see. And that's the wonderful thing about the shots. They're very satisfying. And the set design, there's lovely colour. You get through that. The, the design of the, the build of the cinema has got that feel. There's almost a Kubrick-esque feel from the shining in this cinema and you get that through from it, which is all very lovely and satisfying to see for the film and cinema lover and that's given you there in terms of story and plot it does throw a few themes at you um, emotive ones for example as you say it explores race in britain in the 80s there is the exploration of mental health issues and how that both affects the individual but the exploiting of the individual via olivia coleman's character and then i think that comes together with her relationship in it as a kind of look at the outsider within that setting and how people who feel outsiders in society are both exploited but look for meaning and, and belonging. And I think the ultimate message of the film is that cinema and film is a place where everyone can belong and everyone can escape to and can feel part of. And as I said, there's a lot of films about that out of the minute. 
I mentioned to you earlier, Callan, I went watching Babylon yesterday, um, which, sorry, listeners, we're not going to be reviewing, but I'll give you a little insight now that um, it's very much about that. Everyone, there's a lot of chat and depiction in the film that film is cinema is a place to escape to it's a place to belong for those who don't necessarily feel like they belong somewhere else and this is what it's saying on a like a smaller more regional scale in in this film is like look at what cinema can provide this haven whether it gets too self-indulgent at times and just tries to cram these other themes into this overriding message of how wonderful cinema is Maybe, and we can discuss that a bit further, but I think it's nicely balanced. I think that it throws these themes in sparingly and looks at them quite delicately without going too far. And maybe that is something that could have been done more with and getting into these themes a bit more and not just reverting back to the the delights of cinema. But I think it is delicately done and I think overall it is a nicely balanced film. And I came out of it thinking, yeah, good. It was good. What about you? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was it was a good film. Um, like the cinematography is is very very good, and the set itself is very very good. The set, I think, is the thing that really sort of makes it pop. And there's like there's some lovely scenes when just like um, the cinema cam, like the camera is being loaded with film, and the process of you know turning the the switch and um, hearing the hearing the the, the the, the mechanics of the camera playing a film is is all very nice and it's certainly a sort of a love letter to that sort of traditional cinema where the cinema was part of the community or the cinema was a community space and i think that's increasingly becoming more and more of a of a thing now like i was like i said i was in those curzon recently and you were in the Everyman, like just to name drop the uh, those in there. I mean, you're saying that living in that London, in that London, yeah. But the thing is that they're not just cinema spaces anymore. They're places where you go to have drinks, like food, um, art spaces. Now it's become like it's becoming increasingly more of a a space. Whereas I imagine in the 30s and the 40s, well, it, I don't imagine it. This was true that the cinema there was a cinema on every single street corner. Um, it reminded me a bit of Blackpool, really, because if you walk around Blackpool, you can see all the old 1930s, 1940s cinemas that either no longer exist or they've been converted into something else. Um, and if you look above, it's why, like, when you look at, whenever you look at sort of a history of a city or a town, never look at eye level, always look above because you can see all the art and the, what the building used to be, basically. And you can see that on every street corner in England, there will be a, a sort of the carcass of a cinema. Well, I like that. Like the carcass of a cinema. There Get that quote on the Instagram. Yeah, yeah. The carcass of a cinema. But you can you see that everywhere, don't you? And like what this film is saying is that like film and the space, the cinema itself as a space can be can be really um a powerfully and beautiful place for people who have a lot going on in their lives to kind of forget what's going on in their lives. Or not necessarily forget it, but kind of just 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 acknowledge that just ignore it for however long the, the space of the film is. I mean, there's that scene when Stephen starts to take the mick out of the old guy walking up the stairs and um, Hillary gets really annoyed saying, don't, don't, don't take them, don't, don't be mean to people. They come here for a nice day to be left alone and all this sort of stuff. So there's elements of that seeing, re, seeing what the cinema was and what it, what it could and should be. Um, I think Mendes and Deakins are trying to put that out there. The main issue for me with the film, I mean, it's still a good film, but the main issue for me is that I think it 
it, it kind of oversim oversimplifies trauma just a little bit because the basic premise that is that Hillary and Stephen's trauma can be overcome through the magic of cinema. And the magic of cinema is meant to heal that trauma. Like she's clearly um, suffering from an, an, a, an abuse, a past abusive relationship um, psychologically uh, and potentially physically, but that's never really sort of dug into. It's only ever alluded to. And it, you, you're meant to feel incredibly sorry of the injustice that's happened to Hillary because of the way she's treated by the authorities. Like, um, Oh, we've got a bed made up for you and all this sort of stuff. And actually she's, she's been prescribed these these drugs this lithium and it makes her feel numb and actually we we see that when she's happy she like she's fine and then when something goes wrong in her life like she's not and that's the nature of being a human being like but she, her trauma is, is sort of um categorized in terms of like oh there's something wrong with her therefore she needs to go somewhere else um, and I think that's pretty, pretty typical of a 1980s welfare system, really. Um, but the, again, like Stephen's trauma and Hillary's, like Stephen's suffering from racist abuse everywhere. She, everywhere he goes, he's getting harassed by racist skinheads, um, and the they're both kind of unaware of one another's trauma. They're kind of they kind of observe it and like, but nothing really ever comes of it, um, you know. And it's alluded to that the mechanism of cinema can. Um, can heal that. Also, I couldn't help but wondering that it's like both both individuals are kind of even though you're meant to feel empowered by them, particularly Hillary's speech that she gives when Chariots of Fire is playing. You know, this is a this is a community event. You know, black and white and all that sort of stuff. Um, I just thought that it, the film itself, I feel like it, it needed to sort of make its mind up about what it was doing. Is the film about trauma? and like complex trauma with regards to race and class and gender, or is it about sort of how cinema is still, should still be in the beating hearts and minds of a people and, and in the beating heart of a culture. I just thought that when they, Mendes tried to bring those two things together and in some respects it did work, but in others, I just felt, I, I just kept, I was left wondering that I just thought it was an oversimplified way to conceptualize that type of trauma in a way. Yeah. And I think that it is trying to do that and say, look at the joys of cinema. Look what it is beyond just film. And hey, Callum, we chat about that all the time. We know yeah, we all do. about yeah. film being more than just a form of visual entertainment. It's the themes it shares with you. It's the community establishes. It's the world it takes you to. It's everything beyond that. It's the way it educates and informs and gives people different perspectives. And absolutely agree with the notion that's put forward in this film that cinema, phys the physical cinema as well as cinema as the industry and films offer so much more and can help heal, can help bring together, inform, enlighten, entertain, everything and above. But as you say, I feel like the film wants to say that, and it does say that, but how does it want to say it? So it goes, okay, I can't just have this massive film where it's just all about how great cinema is, even though that's kind of what we want to do. Let's have some themes to represent how cinema can then cure or at least help to heal so we've got as you say two main themes there of race issues 
and then we've got the mental health struggle there and then it's suggesting that cinema and the cinema the place the physical place in this film is where these um issues and themes play out and cinema helps to cure them in some way at least brings people together offers enlightenment shows a a true kind of mix of people from all different lives uh, lifestyles who have come together and, and the film offers either an escape or a, a mending or something like that. The problem is, and I think quite rightly so, is that the film pulls back from really committing to that because when it gets to the crux of it, it goes, it's quite a grandiose statement to say cinema is going to solve race relations, going to solve mm. mental health issues. Yeah, so, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So the problem lies there. And yeah, absolutely, Callum, is that Cinema does do all that, but as we know, it's not the absolute answer. It's just something to contribute to that, as many things in the world are. But when you try and put that in film form, it's not as impactful when you have to then pull back from that. Because then what it does is it feels like the film shying away from those issues, even though in this film, those themes are being used to facilitate the point of cinema is something much wider than just the film but when you watch a film that contains intense racial hatred within it and it contains some deep and heavy mental health issues you feel like well that subject matter needs to be explored more it's not something that you can just quite softly (coughs) excuse me softly look at and just pass by but yet that's what it is used for in this film. And which I think is fair play because it's like, okay, the wider issue is, well, the wider theme that they're talking about is the beauty of cinema. And this is, these themes are just there to facilitate that point. But when you then lift those themes out individually, out of the three of them, the one just about cinema seems about the, the most insignificant, but yet it's playing the largest part in the film. So for someone who doesn't really uh, immediately resonate with that love of film and cinema, it looks like it's just jump, like jumping on the back of these themes and using them for this bigger point, which is a bit more self-indulgent, which I think to an extent it is, but this is why I think we have to accept it as this film, going back to that quote I said before, is the love letter to cinema this is about the cinema and whether you like that or not, this is what it's about and it's not trying to disguise that. It is not a film about out and out about race. It's not out and out about mental health issues. They're a part of this, but cinema is the overriding point. I think if we just look at it from that perspective, I think it's doing a pretty good job of that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, on that though, like, do you think that, um, because for me, I wasn't necessarily convinced by the relationship between Olivia Coleman's character and Michael Ward's character, like Hillary and Stephen. I, I wasn't really convinced by their relationship because there was this sort of like the, the tension that was running through it all was the fact that like she clearly loves cinema um, and he's there to, I mean, he, he sees beauty in the, in the sense of, of, the building and what it the represents to her. The word running out, running through this film. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. Like they're both, yeah. But I just wasn't convinced. Were you convinced by their relationship? No, in the sense of how you're framing it. I think obviously it's 
they're in a way of saying this is slightly far-fetched like i don't think it's denying that but what you're saying in terms of beauty is saying like okay they're seeing beauty in other elements and it's within the cinema it's within each other's passions is within the outside yeah outside of nature of each other i think where it does fall down is that the film doesn't have enough of a surreal nature for the slightly and it's not a surreal relationship but as you say it's not immediately believable relationship and because the film is quite real like there's no right surreal elements to the film yes it's quite dreamy like in the way that it it fantasizes about film but it's, it's set in reality it's grounded in reality there's nothing beyond that to kind of give that relationship that feels um slightly unbelievable that link with the rest of the film and hey we see what it's doing you know it's it's linking these two people together who are both suffering in that setting it's both of them finding joy from the the inner passions of each other and it's also the cinema element bringing them together but i get what you mean and then because as the film goes on so what's your kind of reading of this then because then they branch off into their different lifestyles she gets institutionalized again and then she comes back to work at the cinema he goes off reconnects with the girl he was previously going out with who's his own age and then he ends up going off to study architecture and kind of join the the real world in a sense away from this kind of little microcosm of a community that they've established at the cinema um how do you read that is that a kind of saying of is that, a, is that a negative ending or is it a positive ending? I, I couldn't quite read of what the, the through line of that was. Well, I mean, the thing is, that one thing that I noticed about their relationship generally is that um, on that is they're both um, kind of unaware. Well, they're aware that one another is suffering, but they don't, both of them don't understand why. Like, Hillary's character doesn't understand why there's so much racism in the world and why Stephen is is suffering in that respect and then Stephen doesn't really understand Olivia's suffering either and it's like race and patriarchy are kind of they're, they're, that's what that's basically what the, the the key two key traumas for both of them race yeah. and patriarchy I mean um Hillary's character in particular I mean I'll never I want to get it out of my mind I really do um, but you know, you know, you know what I'm going to say, aren't you? I, I want, I want, I want to get um, Hillary. I want to get Olivia Coleman um, wanking Colin Firth off out of my mind because it made me feel very uncomfortable in the cinema. It came out of nowhere. But like the thing is, like that, that, that that's that's kind of key to her character, isn't it? It's like the reason yeah. why, like she's pissed off is because um, men have been horrible. Yeah, she's her. been taken advantage of. She's been yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. And one thing that is, I guess, quite humbling about the relationship between Stephen and Hillary is that no, no they do not take advantage of one another in either in any way. They are they they they've found love in the sense of being outsiders. Yeah. My issue, well, it's not my. It makes it sound like it's a, it's a big deal, but it's not really. But the th- the thing that I had with that is, I think it oversimplifies it just a little bit because the it's that it goes back to the very arc of what this film's about it's about how cinema can heal this entrenched cultural trauma and i just think i don't know 
I just wasn't convinced by it. And it comes down to that. I just wasn't convinced by, I get the, that. by the story. I get that. But there's a line in it that I think gives a little bit more credence to the value of the relationship. Mm. And that's from Stephen's mother when they're having the leaving oh, meal okay. I know, I know with them say. two yeah. and, and Ruby. And he goes off to the toilet and she, Ruby, who's then his, his girlfriend at the end of the film, says to the mother... Oh, he feels like a, a different person, and he said, and she says something along the lines of, he, "He's lived a lot of life since you last yeah. saw him." Yeah. And so, what that says to me is the purpose of this relationship for both of the characters involved with it is that it was it was never there to be um, an end game. It was there to be a portion of life so they could understand themselves more through each other. So, bear with me on this one. Is that they both had things from life that they needed to learn. So Stevens was growing up. It was learning about the world and it was figuring things out. So then for his relationship with her and her mental health struggles were a real eye-opener to compassion, to understanding others. Because at the beginning of the film, we show his lack of compassion to others when, as you said, he makes fun of that guy, the old guy going up the stairs. So he's learned to to love, to care, to to feel responsibility. But from her perspective, as we see, she feels so far removed from the race issues. And she, there's a conversation between them both where she says she doesn't really see much of it. She doesn't get it. And then obviously she's faced head on with that from when Stephen opens up to her, sees him being racially abused, but then also being very brutally beaten by the National Front. They both learn from each other and they part ways because they've got what they needed from each other to develop. But that's exactly what cinema is. It's putting ourselves in someone else's shoes to understand more about their lifestyle. So what this relationship is in relation to cinema is a physical representation of what film can do for us. It's us feeling emotionally connected to people whose lives we don't live or haven't experienced and learning from that for our own um, experience. So that relationship for the characters develops them onto their future where they go off to at the end of the film, but also is the physical representation of what cinema does for us. And I think that's what the purpose of it is. And that's why it does work. Yeah, no, that's yeah, it. I know, that I, 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 you know, I agree. Yeah. I mean, that is cinema is meant to heal. That's the, that's the crux of it. Um, that's that. Uh, I guess the thing that I found that was, I guess that was quite interesting and probably quite powerful about that in from that angle is the cinematography takes incredible care to capture every aspect of the of of the of the cinema as a building because all of this all of this trauma happened it, it's like it's almost like the cinema is the microcosm of this trauma like and what the cinematography does is that it it's like you're watching a film of a film in some yeah. respects like the way it pans across the old decaying third floor that used to be a cinema. Which is a beautiful part of the set. And yeah. there's got to be a lot of symbolism there with the, the light pouring through and the, like, like you say, the decaying nature of it, of what it was in the past and what it what it could be in the future. Well, it's like past and present. I mean, but the thing is, it's like you're, me you're meant to think that this, this rundown cinema is quite, um, 
is 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 supposed to be decaying. And I must admit, it didn't make a huge difference watching it in thirty five millimeter because you could see, like, you don't know. I felt like I was, I felt like I was watching the sort of a, an unpolished product, which mm-hmm. is exactly what film can be in some respects. Um, but so it was quite seeing it in thirty five millimeter added another layer to it for me personally. Um, but like the way the way that the way the building is captured everything from loading a new reel of film into a machine to play it to um capturing the 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 popcorn and the the sweets that are given out the sound the uh the sonic literacy there we go there we go it's back baby it's it's back the sonic literacy um but yeah just like all of that moving movement in particular the movement of the camera is incredibly powerful in making you think about how this cinema fits in to their lives um because it's like you you see every single room you see every single aspect of the cinema and the film poster makes you want to go watch the film yeah so it's i mean by far the strongest thing about this film is is the cinematography by far that's why i'd leave that Absolutely. Lovely. Yeah. Lovely. Right. I think we have absolutely covered everything there um, in terms of themes and the visuals. So I'm going to wrap us up in terms of my final thoughts and um, scoring out of 10. So as I said at the beginning, and I agree with what you just said there, Callum, visually, it's great. And not necessarily just in terms of spectacular, because I think when people think of a film that's visually great, they think there's spectacular shots. There are spectacular shots in the sense that there's beautifully positioned, well-lit, and joyous ones that fill you with a certain feeling but they're not spectacular in terms of the set you know it's, it's a simple set it's there's nothing too elaborate about it but it works because it's so well placed there's a certain satisfaction to the detail of shot with the projector as i say or the 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 elements around the cinema and those parts when the light comes through because obviously light plays a big part in this and they talk about the beam of light that comes through onto the screen and the magic of that and then the setting by the sea, there's there's so much captured there. And I think a, a lot of the beauty of the film, as we say, beauty is a key theme that comes through, is represented visually. From my uh, summary before, I do think that relationship works for the purposes that are said. I do get what you mean, Callum, and it doesn't necessarily feel fully believable. And I do think that is an issue because for a for something that's not believable for it to fully work i think the film has to be slightly surreal and this isn't you know it's it's very real is ultra realistic in the setting so you know it does push you away a little bit there but overall i think the film's really nice you know it's warming it's it's fulfilling it leaves you with something at the end and as I said, it's very much for people who love film and cinema, but also the wider themes do come in there, and I think it's very well executed. As we say, a few things it lacks, and maybe it doesn't go into the depth it could do in some areas, but it does what it sets out to do, and I enjoyed it, so I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. What about you, Callum? I mean, yeah, like the whole purpose of the film is that, you know, the power of cinema and the space of cinema can help heal all sorts of various traumas. The main pitfall for me is the fact that I just wasn't as um I wasn't as convinced by the relationship as I should as Mendez kind of maybe wanted me to be. I just wasn't I, I just I wasn't I wasn't convinced by it. And f- because they're dealing with such complicated and powerful traumas like racism, patriarchy, mental health, like 
I mean, it's just, it's like the whole that like, schizophrenic. She's schizophrenic. It's alluded to, but like, is that what people think she is? Because she's you know going through a, a rough time in terms of like, and she's trying to sort of say to people, no, that I'm I'm annoyed at the structure of society. That doesn't make me schizophrenic. That just makes me mad. There's a difference. Um, I don't know. Like, I just wasn't I wasn't convinced by by the relationship, and I also. But I did, but I did like the mechanics of the, the mechanics of the set and the, the cinematography and and all that and, and the way it came together. I quite enjoyed. Um, I'm going to give it. See, I was going to give it six. I give it six and a half, just because it is because it is because it is a it is a good film. It's not a bad film by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I just wasn't convinced by the by the relationship as much as I I could have been. Um, but it's still a good. It's still a good film. Thank you very much, Callum. And that brings us to the end. We've dived into Empire of Light. Fully enjoyed that chat once again, Callum. And I do enjoy these where we force ourselves to go to the cinema to watch one of the films because <laughs> it does add another layer to it. We get to discuss our cinema experience, and this film had to be watched at the cinema, really, for what it is all about, which is cinema. So bring on some more of those where we've got to go and dive into actually at the cinema. But that's that. That's us for another episode of the Glass A Film Club podcast. Thank you very much for listening. As we said earlier, check out the blog. Callum's already published two articles. There'll be more to come. Go on glassamedia.com forward slash blog to get that or hit up our Instagram account, the Glass A Film Club and you will see a link to our link tree where the two blogs are on there. We've got plenty more episodes coming up very soon, and if you keep track of our Instagram, we enjoy sharing photos of cinemas that we've been to and everything arty and film-related on there. We've also got some fun episodes coming up with a few conversation pieces in there. It's been a while since we've had some. We've got some interesting filmmakers who want to have a little chat and share their love of film with you, so plenty of plenty to come on the Glass A Film Club podcast. But until next time, keep watching films, keep chatting about them, keep telling us what you think about them, and until then, we'll see you all later. Bye-bye.